Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast, and today I am so thrilled to have Clint Arthur on the show. And if you have not heard of this gentleman before, then you are going to be incredibly amazed by today's episode, because he teaches you how to be the celebrity entrepreneur. Now, Clint broadcast 50,000 watts of inspiration and insight every Sunday at 9.30 p.m. on New York City number one talk station, 77 WABC Radio, to help entrepreneurs and experts do more, be more, and have more. He's also an award-winning entrepreneur. He is the true master of speaking to sell. And... In 2016, Clint shattered all, the all-time sales record for an outside speaker at GKIC's Super Conference. And so today, I'm excited to have Clint on the show because he really does understand what it takes to go from someone who is a complete unknown to someone who gets to hang around with people like Dr. Oz on a regular basis. So welcome to the show, Clint. Yeehaw! <laughs> it's great to be with you. And for anybody who didn't like get it, the fact that I'm a sales expert not only means that I'm probably gonna sell you something, but it also means <laughs> that I'm probably gonna be able to teach you how to sell more, have more impact, influence, and income. That's really what it's all about. Impact, influence, and income. And Everybody who's an author, speaker, coach, entrepreneur, they need this stuff. That is so true. So, Clint, why don't you begin? Because we're going to do two parts uh, with Clint. So, Clint, why don't you start with your story today? <laughs> I, I really have been a writer for a long time. People say, you know, what are you? I'm a writer who speaks. I'm, and that's the funny thing. It's like, I'm a sales champion. I speak all the time. I'm in the top 1% of money earners in the National Speakers Association. And I'm not really even a speaker. I'm a writer. And I began my, <laughs> yeah. And I began my writing journey when I was just a little kid. My creative writing teacher in high school was Frank McCourt. He wrote a little tiny book that a few people might've heard of called Angela's Ashes about his impoverished childhood in Ireland. Wow. And that book won him the Pulitzer Prize and made him rich and famous around the world. And then here's the funny part. His brother, Malachi. Uh, Malachi McCord is also another New York Times bestselling author. And uh, he was going to be a speaker at my upcoming event. 
but unfortunately, because of COVID, he's old, he's really, really old, and he's not going to come. But he said, um, yeah, I have a new book coming out. It's called, Have You Read My Brother's Book? Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have read that book. Anyway, uh, he made me want to be a writer. And uh, that was when I was like 16 years old. I took creative writing with Frank for two years. Then I went off to the Wharton Business School. And when I was done at Wharton, I went home to get the attaboys from my parents because I graduated with a 4.0 GPA in my entrepreneurship major. And I'm sitting on the couch in the living room and what happens? My parents get into the biggest argument of all time. My dad storms out of the house, slams the door, and I turn to my mom and I go, you know, mom, way he resents you all these years. Have you been cheating on dad? And I'm sitting there thinking, where the heck did that question come from? I never thought that idea before in my whole entire life. And then I'm thinking, what kind of a rude son of a bitch asks his mom a question like that? That's the rudest thing I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking, why ain't she answering the question? Ooh. And then she goes, he's not your real father. Your real father was a doctor at the fertility clinic we went to for six years trying to have you, and you oh. look just like that guy. Say what, mama? Oh. Now, imagine how you would feel. Not only, like, you, like, what you don't understand is how much of your own personal identity is wrapped up in who you think your parents are. Like, that's the most basic so thing. So true. And so not only didn't I know who I was anymore, I sure as heck didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up anymore. So mm. on Monday morning, I call up the investment bank on the 87th floor of number one World Trade Center. And I get the vice president on the phone. Sir, I really appreciate the offer, but I've changed my mind. I decided I don't want to be an investment banker anymore. And what did I do? Naturally, I move out to Hollywood. <laughs> Most people go to Hollywood to lose themselves. I went there to find myself. I, <laughs> look, this is a recurring theme because, you know, one of my great mentors, he goes, if everybody's doing something, don't, right? Everybody goes to Hollywood to lose themselves. I went there to find myself. Mm. Now, and, and, and I do a lot of stuff that's contrarian. I do a lot of stuff that people are not doing. Like everybody... Everybody is doing, you know, all this social media marketing and, yes. you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of old school marketing. I go on TV. I have a radio show. I, I do a lot of stuff that people don't do. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want a podcast. I, that's why I got a radio show. I do a lot of stuff that people don't do. So I run off to Hollywood and I start going on auditions, writing screenplays. That took me all through the 80s and the 90s and where were you on december 31st 1999 were you at a party with family and friends or perhaps you were at an atm getting some y2k cash <laughs> well <laughs> i was i was earning cash that night behind the wheel of yellow cab number 6087 mm. that's right I had been a taxi driver at that point for more than six years. See, I went to California to chase the Hollywood dream, hoping that I would become somebody special. And indeed, I did. I became the Wharton taxi driver. That's what I became. And I, and I earned $513 on New Year's Eve of the millennium, driving that cab. And that in the backseat of the car that night was these two guys. They were MBA interns from Goldman Sachs. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm listening in on their conversation, driving them to a party. Hey, man, did you hear about Mr. Carrera? They made him the last partner right before the Goldman IPO. And he cashed out a gazillion dollars. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you guys talking about Chris Carrera? <laughs> How do you know Mr. Carrera? Chris Carrera was a pledge in my fraternity. When oh, wow. I was a pledge master, I used to make those little punks dance around in the living room of our house with their tidy whities <laughs> on top of their heads. And now he just earned a gazillion dollars while I made 513 bucks driving a taxi mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve of the millennium. And that night I transformed my pillow into a gigantic sponge. <laughs> crying my eyes out. <laughs> And a lot of people ask me, do you resent the 13 years of trying to make it in Hollywood and only getting bloody and banged up? You have no idea how many people told me that as a writer, I sucked. You have no Mm. idea. You have no idea. I wrote 30 screenplays and 10 books. I got to write my book about what I learned at the Wharton Business School that helped me to become successful as a businessman once I stopped chasing yep. my silly dream of becoming a writer. <laughs> and I wrote that book in eight days, and then I self-published it on Amazon CreateSpace. That's what their self-publishing was called in those days. Yep. And I waited for the sales to roll in, and boy, did all those sales ever roll in. All eight of those sales rolled <laughs> in that first year. And then I did something super smart. I went to a seminar, and I met Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul creator. Mm-hmm. And I said, Jack, how does a person sell half a billion books? And he said, hey, man, you got to become somebody. Mm-hmm. You got to yes. become yeah. famous. You got to go on media, on TV, on radio. You know, I sat there and I thought about it for a while because it costs money to get in media. Yes, it does. It costs money to hire a publicist. And I'd always been reluctant because I never thought that my stuff was good enough. Mm. And I remember the day very clearly. I was sitting at my desk in my 3,300 square foot Spanish villa in the Hollywood Hills. I had this $3,000 circular desk. It was beautiful. And I'm looking at my book, What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School, sitting on a shelf across the room collecting dust. Mm. I remember it yep. so clearly. Yep. And I thought to myself, you know, if my book about the best business school in the world isn't good enough, then what the hell else is ever going to be good enough? And luckily mm. for me, I had written something that I felt that strongly about. I, like, I didn't believe in the book. I just believed like, if that's not good enough, what's ever going to be good enough? This has to be good enough. This mm-hmm. has to be good enough to be something. You see, and this is a major problem that every single author has until yes. they become a New York Times bestseller. And I don't even know if they even have, they even lose it at that point after that. It's like, you got to believe that you're good enough, mm-hmm. that your stuff is good enough. That's like, how, do, how the heck does anybody ever conquer that who am I thing? You know, yes. that's what I call it. Who am I? Who am I to think that I have a book that people should read? That's the basic who am I question. Who am yes. I to think that I should go on TV? That, I, that kept me stuck for a long time. But luckily, what happened was my wife and I went to a raw vegan retreat. And one of the <laughs> rules 
okay, well, I wanted to lose some weight because I had become obese at that point. And uh, I was fat and happy, but I was too fat and not really happy. My marriage was on the rocks. Uh, you know, my, my health was, I couldn't bend over to tie my shoes. That's, that's all I knew, right? So we went to this raw vegan retreat to try to lose some weight. And one of the rules was no alcohol, no drugs. So I stopped drinking alcohol and smoking pot for those two weeks. And of course, when the raw vegan retreat is over, we go home to the Hollywood Hills mansion. And the first thing we do is we cook up some lamb chops and crack open a nice bottle of French red wine. And <laughs> luckily, but luckily I had smoking pot because it was a couple months, it was a couple weeks after that, about five, six weeks after that, that I was looking at the book, Collecting Dust on the Shelf. And I, and I thought, if that book's not good enough, then what's ever going to be good enough? So I called up a publicist in New York and I said, look, I don't care what it costs. Get me on the Today Show. And she mm. goes, <laughs> that's hysterically funny, Clint. They're never going to put you on the Today Show. You're a middle-aged guy. Nobody's ever heard of. You've got a self-published book nobody's ever bought you got no tv experience you're not famous you're not a politician why would they ever put you on the number one show it's never going to happen you got to go on local tv i'm like okay i'm a native new yorker get me on my local tv stations mm -hmm. and when she stopped laughing at me the second time she goes i think i got you figured out clint you're not really a business author you're really a comedian because that's the second hysterically funny thing you said to me in 30 seconds they're never going to put you on tv in new york city that's the number one market in the number one media world that's like going on national tv you got to go on little tiny shows and i'm like what do you mean like salt lake city utah she goes and don't forget to pack your long underwear because like a few days later i get an email email from her it says congratulations you're booked on tv in salt lake city utah and i'm thinking to myself looking at that email why are they going to put me on tv in salt lake city utah i'm a middle-aged guy nobody's ever heard of i got a self-published book nobody's ever bought i got no tv experience i'm not a politician i'm not famous but they put me on tv there and i went there thinking i was going to be amazing and i stopped. i thought it was going to be easy to be great on tv I've watched plenty of TV in my life. How hard could it be? <laughs> I wasn't good, first one. So I call up the publicist and I go, um, maybe I had a bad day. Why don't you get me a few more? Now, this was a pay for performance publicist. That's the only type of publicist I recommend people get because they don't get paid unless they get your results. So mm -hmm. she booked me on four shows and they were $1,500 a piece. So I spent $6,000 my, my first month doing TV publicity. And then I showed the video clips to my wife and I said, honey, what do you think? And she goes, I think you suck. <laughs> and, I, and I said, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I'm going to need a lot more practice doing this TV stuff. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to have the lady book me on 10 more shows. And my wife goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do you keep paying that lady? Why don't you just book yourself on TV? And I'm like, can you do that? She's like, figure it out. So I started waking up at 2.30 in the morning, going up to my office on the second floor, sitting at my round desk and Googling TV stations all across the country. Whatever city Southwest Airlines flew, I would Google ABC TV in that city. And I would call up the news desk 
and I would say, uh, hey, I've got this book called What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School. And they're like, yeah, well, whatever, click. And it took me, it took me more than two months to get my first TV producer to invite me on her show. Yeah. And it was not easy. But once I got one, mm -hmm. it was like catching a fish. I was really hooked. And the first, my first year of doing it, I booked myself on seven shows. My second year, I booked myself on 20 shows. And people started asking me, Clint, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Because it changes you. When you start getting mm -hmm. on TV, see what I do is, I take the TV clips and I post them on my Facebook. I post them, I put them up on YouTube. I put them on Twitter. I put them on LinkedIn. I call that mega media. When you take old media like TV and you put it on new media, that becomes mega media. Nice. And, and I started teaching my friends how to do it. And then I made a little training program. And uh, along the way, I just kept going. My mm -hmm. third second appearance was on NBC New York. My 57th appearance, the Today Show called me. I was at that same raw nice. vegan retreat. <laughs> and, and we were supposed to be there for two weeks. And like four days in, my phone rings. And I am talking to a producer from the Today Show. Clint, uh, we we're wondering if you're going to be in New York City for New Year's Eve. And I'm like, you know, that's four days later. And I'm like, of course I'm going to be in New York City for New Year's Eve. She goes, oh, wonderful. We'd like you to be on the show. We'd like you to be on the show and talk about how to, um, how to deal with the push and pull of life. And I realize now what they really wanted me to talk about was my adventures in Hollywood. What I realize, what I realize now is what, what they really wanted me to talk about was like, how do you know when to give up on your dream? That's what they really wanted. And Brooke Shields interviewed me with Willie Geist, and they asked me the question. They go, you know, Clay, you have a great question you ask yourself every year. What's that question? And I said, ask yourself, if this was gonna be the last year of your life, what would you want to accomplish? That's been yeah. my superpower that has enabled me to do incredible things. And Brooke Shields goes, wow, that sounds scary. And I go, it is scary. And when it's scary is when it's great. And I really mm. do believe that. When I, when I feel scared, that's when Amazing things happen. You get up yes. against the wall. You stop. You get into that like fight or flight mode, and that mm -hmm. produces different chemicals in your brain, and it changes the way you do things. I started teaching my friends how to get themselves on TV. They're like, "How are you doing this?" Because when you go to these conferences, people and and put it like this: when you start sharing your TV appearances on social mm -hmm. media. I call that mega media. You take old media, yes. a TV appearance on CBS, Tucson, Arizona, and you put it on social media and all people see is CBS. Mm, That's nice. all they see. And it gives you so much more credibility because number one, the videos look great, great production value. And you're on, you're getting like a third party implied endorsement by being on a network station. So I started teaching people how to get on the shows. And I called the training Celebrity Launchpad. And I teach people my mathematical formula for how to book yourself on TV anytime you want for free. And I guarantee that if you show up for your implementation event, yes. 
that you will book yourself on at least three TV appearances with ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox during the weekend, during the implementation weekend, or else I'll give you back all your money plus $1,000. And we just did our 46th Celebrity Launchpad. Nice. And... I have never failed because I have a mathematical formula for how to book yourself on TV news and talk shows. And I create the segment for the person. I create the pitch. I give you an audio of me doing your pitch so that, you know, if you just mimic my performance and do a halfway decent job, you're going to get booked on shows because I invite my friends. I've been on 110 TV appearances now. Okay. Uh, Did you hear the part about, like I know we broke up. Did you hear about Brooke Shields? Did that part come through? Yes, that part came. Okay, through. so you know I, after after going on the Today Show with Brooke Shields, I've continued going on. People say, "When are you going to go on enough TV?" I'm never going to stop going on TV. That's <laughs> that's what celebrity entrepreneurs do. They go on TV. They speak at important places. They take pictures with major celebrities write and publish best-selling books, very, very important, and winning awards. Those are what celebrity entrepreneurs do, those five things. All celebrity entrepreneurs do that, all. Mm -hmm. Martha Stewart, for example, I interviewed Martha Stewart at my most recent conference at Carnegie Hall in New York City. She's published more than 100 best-selling books, Martha Stewart. You didn't know that, right? No, I didn't. More than 100. And uh, I said, Martha, is it important for celebrities to publish best-selling books? She goes, well, it's very important for me because I'm an expert. Yes. You want to be an expert? You got to have a book. No two ways about it. If you don't have a book, you're BS. You are. Yep. If you don't have the discipline to create a book and you think you're an expert, you're kidding yourself. You've got to have a book. So anyway, it's a mandatory I, prerequisite now. Oh, got to have it. And, and then once you have a book, it has to be a bestseller. And once you have a bestselling book, you got to go on TV and you got to start speaking and you got to start meeting major celebrities because everybody knows celebrities hang out with other celebrities and you got to win awards and you got to do it all over again. It's a never ending mm-hmm. thing. And then how do you make the money? You make the money from coaching and consulting. That's how you make the money. Yes. And your book sets you up to have the authority to charge high prices. Your best-selling book that you promote on TV and that you speak about at very important places and that gets you hanging out with famous people, mm-hmm. that, that book, that platform that is the book yes. is what gives you the credibility and authority and positioning and the, also the personal belief in yourself. Once you start doing all that, that's how you develop personal belief in yourself to be able to charge high prices as a coach and consultant yeah wow wow and and you haven't even gotten into sharing all the expert stuff that you wanted to share today but you know what we're actually kind of at the end of our time so i am going to stop it here but you are you're coming back for part two and so audience if you've enjoyed clint's story if you've heard clint's story and you're like wow (laughs) i need this so clint if if the audience is saying that how do they get a hold of you well check me out on google 
See, I call that your reality series, my newest book. I, I publish mm. books all the time. I've, I've now, since, since, 2000, uh, since 2010, I've published more than 20 books. Nice. That's more than two per year. And my, my latest book is called Your Reality Series. So if you type the name Clint Arthur, C-L-I, Clint like Clint Eastwood, Arthur like the king, if you Google that name, the first four pages of results are all me. That's what I call my reality series. Okay, and if, and if that's not your own personal results, when you Google your own name, then you're gonna have a very difficult time to sell books and get paid lots of money as a coaching consultant. And that's why you need your own reality series. So I think that people's first thing that they should do is they should go to Amazon and get your reality series so they know what I'm talking about if they like that. You might also wanna get my book, Celebrity Entrepreneurship, which goes into all of this stuff in detail. And check me out I'm on the internet on all my stuff that makes up my reality series. Clint, like Clint Eastwood, Arthur, like the king, that's my name. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm looking forward to recording the second episode where we're really going to dive into, um, you know, the, the advice and the training that you've prepared for my audience. So this has been Clint Arthur and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, Author to Authority, coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe.